I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I forgot to put Nicole's intro in. Again, once again. Nicole, 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 Mark and Matt. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 65 for January 6, 2010. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vanderlist. And you know what? If you have any comments or questions about something you're going to hear today or something you haven't heard, or maybe you've been sitting in the chat room and been listening to the way that we've been dealing with all of our little gremlins. Let me tell you, we've, we've, we've put them to bed. We're not feeding them after dark, or is it after midnight? I can't remember that one. Either one. Probably yeah, they're not, not a good getting idea. wet. Either way, we're done with those, and we're ready to get the show up and running. So if you want to uh, say something to us about something here today or you haven't heard, you know what? You can drop us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone. You can leave us a message in our very own voicemail that we have, which is 623 623- Two four two two four five zero. That's the number that you can reach us and leave some really great comments or questions or just you know go hey what's up how you doing that's what I do yeah, how, how you doing how you doing <laughs> yeah we actually got quite a few voicemails we'll be playing later on uh, really really good voicemails in fact and uh, it really taught me a lesson that we probably should listen to the voicemails a little bit more than a half hour before the show. Be- no, see that takes the fun out of it. That <laughs> it certainly that, takes the challenge out of it. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, there was actually there were actually quite a few really good questions. So we'll get to those a little bit later. But for now, uh, let's talk about what's on the bench and uh, what is on your bench, Matt. Well, right now the only thing I really have going on on my bench is uh, a lot of sawdust from some projects I was working on earlier, which we're finally wrapping up. I think the last episode we did, I had finished up the, the child's dresser for the client that I had, which is a family friend, luckily. Right. Otherwise, most clients would have just been like, forget you, give me my <laughs> money back. Right. <laughs> and so uh, now I'm building some some bookcases for them, and I, I have uh, the pieces laid out, and now it's a matter of just assembling them and getting it together and getting that piece out the door, which will leave just one more piece, and then a couple of design things coming up where 
Um, a couple of more friends have said, hey, you do a really great job, at which point I'm like, yeah, but have you noticed the time schedule? I, <laughs> I say one month, and that actually works out to oh, six, eight, nine months, something like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I've got I've got those on the uh, on the bench right now. I'm working on some of those things, and we're going to get those up and running. So it's pretty exciting, actually. The, the only other thing I have going on is my New Year's resolutions for the shop, which are basically... Uh, to try and stay up with the projects I'm working on. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> the best I'm doing. <laughs> How about yourself? What do you got going on? You you got something big coming up pretty soon here. Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's coming up really fast. I've got the classes at the William Eng School uh, in January. And, um, well, the class dates for that, I'm doing the, the modern hall table, is January 18th to the 22nd. And yeah. the hall frame, well, I'm sorry, it's not the hall frame. It's my version of the frame is January 23rd and 24th. That's a weekend class. So if anybody is in the uh, Anaheim area and you want to take a, a class with me at the William Eng School, which is a really great facility, I got to take a class there with uh, Tree Frog and uh, Daryl Peart's class last year. Some of you may remember. Awesome facility. They've got they've got this planer there. I can't remember what the make is, but uh, with a digital readout, you don't, you know, there's no cranking a handle to turn the, you know, to bring the bed up or anything like that. It's all digital. Uh -huh. And you just hit some numbers. The thing just kind of goes and moves into position it's insane and no snipe at all and this thing is it's just massive i mean for that tool alone it's worth going there just just to have some fun with it um, i want that at one uh one one hundredth of a 64th of an inch uh, yeah man i mean you could really dial it in on that thing it's crazy so um if you're in the area definitely check that out it's something that uh, should be a lot of fun and i, I love those classes i enjoy doing it and fortunately uh, it's only five hours away so i can drive and and you know how i hate flying so this is right. kind of nice for me um well the main thing of course is that we need to emphasize that you're not taking the class you're, you're teaching the class yes yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I think you you, you kind of mentioned saying taking taking the class with you, but you didn't quite emphasize right. that you will be the one in the front of the classroom trying to instruct everybody, and yeah. then they'll be like jokesters in the back, or like me going, "What? You do what?" Yes, and I've been known to throw things, so watch out. Uh, but it's uh, it, it should be a blast, and that's actually what I've been focused on is getting those classes ready and just kind of getting all the excuse me all the materials, the cut list, all that stuff ready to go. So that's coming up real soon, and that's about all that's on my bench right now. I don't think I'm going to be starting anything new um, until I would say, you know, maybe the 20th or something. I've got a uh, another commission to do, and that'll be interesting. And I'll, of course, film the whole thing. But for now, it's focused on these classes. Wow. that's So how many prototypes have you gone through for these pieces? I mean, the, the modern hall table. Now, you already had that one mm -hmm. set up before, didn't you? That's, I mean, that's one of those we've seen in your gallery. Yeah. The, but I, know, that, I, that, that I was following was, the Twitter stuff on the, on the hall frame, and you definitely were working on that one. Yeah, the hall, the, the frame is, um, it's not exactly where I want it to be yet. It's close, but there's okay. still some refinement that I'd like to do. I was only able to go through one, um, one round, because the thing is, if uh, I've got to make it work in a classroom environment, which means I have to have the process absolutely nailed down and there can't be any ambiguity. So even if I'm not completely happy with a little, you know, curve here or there, it's too late. I just, I kind of have to run with it. It's, it's good, but it's, you know, I think I could probably refine it just a little bit more after this point. Um, but you know, it's still a, a decent design. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. So Right. Yeah, no, I, I think you did post some pictures of it. If it's the one I'm thinking mm -hmm. of, either that or it is the one that you did before. And either way, I think it's going to turn out fantastic. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. And the yeah, table you notice how I pay real close attention to these things lately. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's a picture. Hey, that's if, it's nice. on, if it's on Twitter, you pay half attention to it. That's what Twitter's <laughs> there for. Um, so anyway, um, moving on to some other things here. What do we have? The, the news. We have some news. 
Did you right. see this? This is probably the biggest news that's uh, that's happened in the past couple of weeks is the merging of woodworking magazine and popular woodworking. What? Yeah, I saw you, the, the the thing came out about this. I, I exactly. I'm like, what the heck is yeah. up with this? Well, I what, mean, what do you th- what do you think about it? I I think it's a really neat idea, but at the same time, there's a part of me that wonders where are they going with this because I know that they're uh, what the the main focus was to kind of make it a. I don't want to say a little bit nicer because I know they said they're going for like some glossier paper, yeah. kind of prettying it up a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to really see what the first issue looks like yeah. and, and 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 flip through it myself before I, I can really make a decision about it. Because I'm kind of torn. I like the idea of the two different magazines. I'm used to the idea of the two different magazines. Right. And then now this idea that you're gonna like take the two of them and push them together. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of torn on it, but I'll give them a chance. I get the one chance. If I don't like the chance, <laughs> just one chance. Yeah, turn around, go back to what you're doing. <laughs> right. I was reading about it and reading the comments, and some people are pretty harsh about it. But there is a, a pretty good argument there. When when you've paid for two, you know, two magazines, how are they handling the refunds and things like that? Some people have a problem with that. It's like, no, if 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 I ordered two magazines and you're now changing to a format where there's one magazine, you owe me a refund because now I'm getting one magazine. I don't necessarily want some more months on this combined magazine, you know? So, right. you know, but me personally, I, I, I don't have that much time to read a bunch of different magazines. So if they can combine all of their efforts into one publication and bring some of those elements of woodworking magazine that are so great, bring those over to pop woodworking. And I think, you know, that, I don't know if you ask me, I think where woodworking magazine seems to be where their, their hearts are in a way it's like that, that right. almost seems like there's a little more passion uh, driven into that publication. So if we can bring those together with a little bit more of the commercial side that comes with popular woodworking, I don't think it's a bad combination at all. And it's one no. less magazine that I have to, you know, not that I dread ma- reading magazines. It's just, I don't have as much time as I used to, to go through them. Um, so I, I don't know. I, like it's funny. Cause we talked about this last, uh, I think it was last uh, show. And all we had at that point was the information that they were improving popular woodworking. We didn't know that they were combining the two magazines at the time. Right, yeah. exactly. No, I, I like your point though about the uh, you know the, the combining the two of them and almost making it just um, or you know not having the, the two different magazines because I struggle with that too. I just I, I just got the most recent issue and I'm thinking I haven't even actually gotten through the last issue mm-hmm. and I still have the newest issue of Woodworking Magazine. I still have to get through that. Yeah. The one thing I will say is I, I for sure one thing I like about both the publications. I mean, since they are sister publications. I, I like the way that everything flows. So I think that this can only improve is, you know, that's my look at it. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I mean, the writing's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to give maybe a little bit more freedom to really experiment with some of the things that they have done, because let's get serious. They, they've, they've changed their format a couple of times recently Yeah, it's been subtle changes, but it's, it's been really good. In my, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And the other thing that, that we can't forget here too, is that they're promising to do more stuff on their website. Uh, whether right. it's like extensions of articles, um, you know, kind of like the column that I used to write with the accompanying video. It was a standalone video, but it was on the same topic or went into a little bit more detail than the article. So if they're going to be doing things like that, I am all for it. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I don't I, I think it's a good move, especially in a, a questionable an industry with a questionable future that everybody's kind of like, oh, what do we do? Instead of waiting and being, you know, reactive, they're being proactive. So I, I think it's a yep. very, very good thing. Yep, the more interactive they are, I think the the better they're going to be. That's that, that's one thing that I think some publications haven't done. They haven't maintained that part. 
where you can go in and get those extra little tidbits. And I'm not just talking about, oh, here's a free drawing. I'm talking yeah. about really interactive videos and everything else. So they're heading down the right road. And to be honest with you, like I said, I, I don't think that the writing's never not going to change. I, that's one mm -hmm. thing that I already like them for is their articles. I think it's just going to improve. But again, if I don't like it after that first issue, um, Chris, uh, Steve, guys, we're going to have to sit down <laughs> and talk about this. So Right now, I don't know if you noticed, and for people who are listening, you're not going to be able to appreciate this, but while we broadcast here, since I'm the only one on the live feed, I insert a little picture of Matt in there, and it's this hilarious picture. Maybe I'll, I'll put it up in the show notes for everyone to see. And uh, the people in the chat room are, are getting creeped out because they said that it has like the effect of the, the Jesus statue with the eyes that follow you no matter where you are. <laughs> so we're, we're creeping people out with that. <laughs> and that's the whole idea, people. We know what you're doing and what you should be doing. <laughs> Matt is always watching. Okay, that's well, right. <laughs> enough of Matt's creepy eyes. Let's talk uh, about some of the things going on around the web. All right. Now, David, and I'm not going to pronounce his name right. Maybe I will. David Alshmid. That's how I would say it. Okay. Yeah. From Wisp Woods. That's at uh, wispwoods.blogspot.com. Uh, sent us a link to an article. And this is not directly about woodworking, but it's about creativity and charging for your creativity. And it's on a, the link is to a website. And all this information will be in the show notes. Uh, it's to a site called Productive Flourishing. And the reason I want to talk about this, and maybe I don't know if it's going to spur on a whole lot of conversation because this article in and of itself is what I think everybody should read. Um, as woodworkers, you know, we start as hobbyists. A lot of times we might meet, you know, we get to a point where family and friends start to ask us to make things for them. Next thing you know, a coworker says, hey, can you build me a coffee table? Um, you know, one thing after another, it starts to, to build up. And all of a sudden you find yourself in almost a semi-business situation where you're contemplating, should I, you know, actually open up a business? Should I make this a little side business? Uh, and in fact, that's that's how I went into woodworking was following that that path. So what this talks about is undervaluing yourself and how to stop, because a lot of people in creative areas will do that. You know, they think, why would someone want to pay me to do this? Or, right. you know, I'm not that good at what I do. Why in the world should I be charging money for this, let alone charging a premium? So right. I'm not going to read the whole article, but this is a really, really good one for you, for you folks to read if you are considering selling your stuff um, to, to learn how not to undervalue yourself because it is worth something. And the, the structure of the article is pretty good. He talks about some of the main things that people do wrong, like taking your skills for granted. Um, you wouldn't pay for your skills, but others will. And mm -hmm. let's see what the other topics. Uh, the, other, the other thing is a lot of people have a problem where they think their work is flawed because, and we know this is a big issue with woodworkers, who sees the flaws more than anybody, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. And we, so how, many, how many times have you like pointed something out and somebody goes, what? And you're like, okay, never mind. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other thing is how many times do you show your work off, you know, for the first time? And instead of actually pointing out all the great features, what are you doing? You're pointing out all the mistakes you made. Exactly. That's where I almost lost my thumb on this one. And see this mineral, mineral streak? That's blood. But don't worry about it. it I'm, I'm not contaminated. Yeah. So, and then he, you know, he just kind of goes through that most people don't really see your flaws. And just because, just because you are, you know, relatively, you think you're relatively new, look at the amount of time you spent doing this thing and compare yourself to the average person. And that's why the average person is willing to pay for your services. Um, and it actually reminds me of a, a talk. My, my buddy Izzy that does uh, izzyvideo.com. He did a talk on taking your business online, like if you have content online going into a paid model. And his rule of thumb is if you know more than the average person, 
you could be charging for that information. You know, and he goes into a whole side thing on that, but it's kind of a similar concept where people who just don't have those details are willing to pay for them. And in this case, people who don't know how to woodwork are willing to pay for quality woodwork. Well, right. Uh, some of them, if they know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if they can appreciate it, other people just go to Walmart. Uh, right. And then, then there's those who go custom woodworking. Well, that's 10 times cheaper than what you can get elsewhere. Right. Oh, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> that is just the biggest misconception, isn't it? You know, where it's like, Oh, Oh, you, you woodwork. Oh, you can do that cheaper than that. That cabinet I saw at Lowe's. Right. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. So yeah, excellent, excellent article. I'll put the link in the show notes to that. And, um, well, yep. let's see. Uh, yeah, I know when that when that article came in, that was one of those that I, I immediately showed it to my wife for all those reasons too. I mean, she's a photographer, mm-hmm. and it, it's so easy to do. And, and as you said, it, it spans all the hobbies. It spans everything. Absolutely agree with it. I got done reading that, and I suddenly called my client and said, "You know what? I'm doubling that price." <laughs> so. Yeah, you don't want to get too carried away. Let's not go too far in the other direction. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's right. very important to to realize what we do has value. Right. Okay. So you had one on here, the uh, the new Yankee online. They yes. Have, uh, the, is it the whole first first season? Is that the one that's online now? I, I had a chance. I didn't have a chance to go over there and check the whole thing out. Yeah, it's um, it's episode numero uno. Well, actually, it's one hundred and one, but it's the first episode of season one. And the idea, of what they're trying to do, and it's they're sort of putting it out there as an experiment, and they're taking feedback on it, so they know what to do with it. But they're experimenting by once a week. They're going to put a classic episode of New Yankee Workshop on the website for our viewing pleasure. And below it, you could buy the plans, you could buy the DVD and all that stuff. Uh, But basically, they're going to, I don't know for how long, but at least for the time being, every week there's going to be a new episode starting with the first one. So if you're a fan of uh, the New Yankee Workshop and like me, you've been woodworking, I guess, in the last 10 years, you haven't seen all of that early stuff and they've been around for a while. So if you have a chance, you've got to go check it out. It's newyankee.com slash online.php. And again, link in the show notes. And you definitely want to check this out because, you know, who knows when you're going to have an opportunity to catch these early, early episodes without buying the DVD. So right, very, very cool stuff. You know, but the only problem is I was just looking at the uh, uh, the video and it says that it's 25 minutes and 49 seconds for this first episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I already struggle enough trying to convince my wife that you can't build everything in 30 minutes. Uh-huh. This is going to like really push the boundaries because that's almost cutting like a whole like four or five minutes off of what she already thinks is this misconception. <laughs> right. I mean, that whole custom idea is cheap, is bad enough versus wrestling constantly with the idea that things get built in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that always is a problem for sure. Okay, right, so you know, what is oh. this uh, sweepstakes thing? I didn't even yeah, know about that. I, I just stumbled across this today. Apparently, Fine Woodworking Magazine and the folks over at Highland Woodworking have a sweepstakes going on. And who doesn't love winning free stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's why we enter contests constantly. Uh, they essentially have five prize packages, which total up to uh, $2,200 in possible prize winnings. Mm-hmm. I think the first prize package, uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff up there. It's, it's like a $700 package, basically. All sorts of great tools. Uh, totally free. Definitely head on over there. Of course, we'll have the links in the show notes for this so that you can, uh, number one, check to see you know, what, what you could win. And then number two, get yourself entered so you can win it. Now, I didn't see when the sweepstakes uh, finished, but it looks like it just recently got posted. So I think you have plenty of time to get over there and take care of it if you're interested at all in joining it. So Cool. Looks pretty neat. It's totally free, and I, I don't even think you have to. You just go over to the website. In fact, at Fine Woodworking, you don't have to be a member. So you oh, know, nice. you don't have to worry about locking into that. So very good. Do it, people. 
Do it. Okay, and last thing we have here in the news is the Lumberjocks Winter Awards. Want to mention that again? Um, go to lumberjocks.com slash awards slash winter underscore 2010. And if you just go to Lumberjocks, you'll probably see links to it and banners and all that stuff. Um, This is like one of the easiest things to enter. You don't really have to do anything other than publish your pictures of your project. Um, And it's still the the yin-yang theme. I I don't think anything's changed there. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you have a a project with light and dark woods and it's something you've made like in the last year or two, go ahead and post it. You got a chance to win some really cool prizes. Yep, and I think that ends at uh, the end of this month on January 31st, I think, and then the uh, judging starts right after that. So Nice. Hey, I just want to get into that. Totally free, absolutely. Totally free, totally. Totally free, that's my favorite price. But a lot of <laughs> places when I go in there and I say that, they escort me to the door. Totally free, okay, you're totally out of here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, so a couple sweet deals that we have. The first one I want to mention, and this is dealing, you guys know the, the Woodworks store in Ohio? Uh, right. One of the... the Best places on earth. Um, They've got those custom, uh, the custom, is that the one with the, they have the custom area in there? You can have your power matic. The PM customs. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. So (laughs) the, uh, the winter expo is coming up and it's on uh, January 15th through the 17th. And they wanted to let everybody know, number one, if you're in the area, you really should check that out because they've got great sales. They've got all kinds of demos. It's really like a huge event that they have there. Um, but they're having the special sale on these work pants. Now I've never heard of these before, but it sounds interesting. And, and people who, you know, like lots of pockets and really durable pants. <laughs> um, this is something well, that's me. <laughs> this is something we've never done on the show before. Um, clothing. So they have these things called tough guy work pants. Some of you guys probably know about this already and they're having a major special because apparently these are really expensive. Um, normally like 55 bucks a pair. So they're having this special thing where if you bring in a pair of your old work pants to donate to Goodwill, that you can get a pair of these special uh, tough guy work pants for 20 bucks. And it's limited to two pairs a customer. So now that's in store, but what they've managed to do is work this out so that you can do it online. And oh, wow. Yeah, so what they're doing is kind of on the honor system and asking that you take an old pair of pants to Goodwill uh, if, you, if you have a pair of old pants. Um, you know, I have old jeans, and those technically are my old work pants. Do you think that would work? I I would definitely <laughs> give it a shot. No, no, do they have to be long pants? Because like I have some shorts. What about that, stretchy pants? There you go. I have plenty of. Well, no, I need those. <laughs> you need those for holiday dinners. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, holiday dinners or anytime Monday through Friday when the opens. Right. <laughs> so Friday at four p.m. They're going to get this thing going. I don't know what it's going to look like on the site because it's not up yet. But this coming Friday, four p.m. Eastern, you will see this. Uh, wait, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe it's not this coming Friday. Maybe it's next Friday if it's January 15th and 17th. Yeah, it would, yeah, next Friday. Okay, so Friday at 4 p.m. is they're leaving the office. They're going to make this go live. You can go to woodworks.com. Is it woodworks.com or woodworkssupply.com? Yeah, Google Woodworks. You'll get it. It's W-E-R-K-S. You know where to find it, folks. <laughs> you know where to find them. W-E-R-K-S. And I'll put the link in the show notes that will have um, an example of what we're talking about. They have some other type. Other, I guess it's another brand. And these things, are they just look like khaki pants with a, with a crap load of pockets. Nice. It's kind of cool. That sounds pretty good. Now, I'm not used to tough guy work pants. I'm used to tough skins, <laughs> which I had to wear quite a bit, you know, okay. when I was growing up. But that sounds pretty sweet. It does. And if you, uh, you know, if you like hiding your candy in little pockets and things like that, that's that's what I like to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can come in handy. Yeah, the main thing, of course, is to make sure that you don't dump like a bunch of nails into one of them. <laughs> you sit down and, whoa, wait don't. a minute. <laughs> yeah, that would hurt. Definitely. Now, that pinches a little. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's see. Hey, another one 
coming up is uh, Highland Woodworking has free ground shipping on Festool machinery. Mm. It's limited to within the lower 48 states. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can uh, just head on over to their website. We'll have the link in the show notes um, and, and, and take advantage of that. I mean, that's, that sounds like a pretty good deal if you're looking to buy yourself some Festool machinery. Now, it says Festool machines. I don't know if they would include accessories as part of the machines. I mean, it's kind of like one of those words that could be uh, just a generalization. Machines just sounds like it might be just the tool, um, not, not accessories, I would guess. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm thinking it's going. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. The other one you have here is Woodcraft. Save 15% yep. on all Rob Cosman DVDs now through January 30th. And we'll have the link in the show notes. You guys know Rob Cosman. Uh, he's that guy with the with the dovetail saw. Yes, exactly. And he, he is a, a, a mean guy when it comes to that. He goes pretty fast. I think that he, he raced Frank Klaus or tried to, not mm-hmm. like side by side, but tried to, tried to beat his time on it. So you've got a ton of DVDs out there. I have one that's yeah. like rough to ready. And that one is just like that. That's pretty wicked. Actually, He's, he's good. He's, he's a madman. He's a speed demon on the dovetails. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, another thing that's coming up with, with woodcraft, if you head on over to their website and you click on their offers area or special offers, I think is the, the link they have in the left hand side. They have a whole bunch of things going on with uh, coupons, online coupons. So if you make any purchases, like save $10 off your next hundred dollar purchase at woodcraft.com or $5 off your next $50 purchase, and then they have a couple others. If you're just at all maybe saving a little money, who doesn't like to do that? Because it's the next best thing to being totally free. Um, <laughs> it's head out over there and check it out. Sure. All right. So forum topics. It came from the forum. I'm going to play this stupid little clip here because I like it. <laughs> Left to work. So like I'm refinishing this table. I finished trying. How do I post a picture? Just blue turn my hand. It came from the forum. It also gives me a great opportunity to get a drink, which I need. <laughs> Although sometimes I get like stuck in the back of my head and then I'm like, wait, where are those voices? <laughs> those are the voices in my head all day long. Okay, so win a Super FMT, win a Super FMT, win a Super FMT for free at the Wood Whisperer. This is the uh, the thread I want to point you guys to. Uh, put the link in the show notes to this community thread about, um, well, here's the thing. We want to give away a free Lee Jigs Super FMT. If you're not familiar with that, it's the frame mortise and tenon jig, but it's their new one. It's a slightly less expensive model, but really performs exactly the same way as their, you know, flagship FMT. The idea Fair is enough. this thing just just batches out mortise and tenon joints in no time. It's really just a joinery system is, is what you would think of it as. And uh, it's a pretty pricey unit. Even the, the Super FMT is not cheap. It's, you know, high quality and um, definitely something that I think anyone would appreciate having in their shop. And we're giving one away for free. Sweet. And all you have to do is go to this community thread and tell us why you choose wood as your creative medium. And just give us a little story. Could be funny. Could be true. Could be not true. Uh, You know, could be totally made up, which is also the same thing as not true. And, uh, you know, it it should be pretty funny just reading some of these responses. And we've already got a a ton of them in there. So if you're not a member of the community, head on over there. It's community.thewoodwhisperer.com. Sign up for a little account. Takes two seconds and give us your input on that thread and you'll be entered for a chance to win a Super FMT. Okay. I'm typing in mine right now. It's the one that says, I like working with wood because if I make mistakes, it's easier to burn the evidence than (laughs) when working with metal because you have to melt that to slag. So that's my entry. Okay. All right. That's a good one. I like that. Um, and answering why not will automatically disqualify you. Like if you, if your answer is just why not, that doesn't work. 
Oh, that's just want to put that out there. <laughs> that's like a philosophical thing. Like it, why, why not? I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe we'll think about that one. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm being too hasty here. No, no, I think you're, you're right on the mark there because there's people like me who would totally fall through on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on to some voicemail. Like I said, we've got some good ones here and, um, let's see, where are we? Whose voicemails first? We've got one here from Bo. Who, oh, okay. He lives in Syracuse, which is probably pretty darn cold right now, I would guess. Yeah, I think we, our, our cold front must be coming right from that area because mm. it is freezing around here. Yeah, it's like 73 here. Anyway, playing the voicemail. Hi, Matt and Mark. This is Bo from Syracuse, New York. I just caught up to the uh, current show after uh, listening to them in the car for months and months now. Um, I remember a conversation, um, probably was a, about a year ago for you guys, um, about um, a good set of first chisels to choose. Um, you both recommended the Mar- Marple's Blue Chip. Since that show, my online research shows that uh, Marple's has shifted from production in England to China, and the English chisels were uh, a high commodity, and they're no longer available. Um, many people have criticized the new ones for uh, poor steel and chipping and, and um, poor sharpening or poor holding an edge. Um, I want a set of good chisels and the $100, excuse me, in the $100 or less range. I was wondering if you guys had any suggestions now that the marbles are not really available or are they still good? Um, I found the Narex. Uh, I, I think that's the way you say the word. Of course, I said Y Nielsen forever. Um, until I listened to the show and realized I was pronouncing it wrong. Um, and those are uh, on Amazon at $60. Looks like nice reviews, but I didn't know about the steel and if we could maybe have a discussion on the show about that. Thanks for the great infotainment. Enjoy the show a lot and look forward to the next one. Thank you. Okay, so good question. And he says the marples that we usually recommend are not made in England anymore. And that is something that I kind of knew, but I was, I guess, hoping that they were able to somehow maintain the quality of the ones that they sell. And, and who is it? I think Irwin owns Marples now. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. Yeah. The, the, I, I'm almost convinced Irwin just simply bought them for the color. When it comes to, <laughs> just you know, just because the, it's their color scheme. <laughs> exactly. They're like, well, this is a good match for us. Let's go ahead and pick them up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, so it's no longer made in Sheffield unless Sheffield has picked up and moved to China. Maybe, maybe it's. <laughs> they may have just Sheffield moved the whole town. Chain. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I like the, you know, it's kind of funny because he was asking about the, uh, the pronunciation of, uh, with the, of Narex. Uh, yeah. I think that's how you say it. I love the, uh, he was pronouncing uh, Lee Nielsen wrong. I mean, how long was it? I think it was we were still doing the show and I was still calling it Lee Nielsen. <laughs> you know what, though? This is not the show. He says that, you know, he listened to the show and got the correct pron- pronunciation. Never listen to the show for the correct pronunciation of anything because right. we if just guess. to all the episodes, you know how bad we slaughter or I slaughter things especially. Yeah, I mean, Matt still calls Chris Schwartz Chris Schwartz. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're never going to get things right. So that, that's definitely, <laughs> you don't tune into us for that. I've, I've learned to keep at more than arm's length, especially his away when talking. <laughs> yeah. Now the only thing I'll, I'll let you uh, go off on a, a tangent on this, if you have some info on it, but the only other one that I would recommend, and I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat room uh, recommending the uh, two cherries brand as well. But you know what we were talking about before with the marbles was like a 20 to $30 set. And even two cherries, I mean, they're, they're still going to be a decent amount. You know, you're looking at a hundred, probably 150 bucks, I would guess for them. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, but is that, is that the thing that we have to really consider here? I mean, at spending 20 or $30 for a set of chisels, can you really, 
expect quality, or did we just get really, really lucky with those early Marple sets? Yeah, that's a good question, because that's something that I, I, I'm getting to the point that I, I'm, I'm starting to think about looking at premium chisels. And then the question comes up, what are really premium chisels? Is it just simply because of the fact that they're expensive? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it because all your friends will suddenly go, ooh and ah, if you have them? I mean, that's the factor I usually use when it comes to buying anything premium. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really kind of wonder about that with with, uh, with the Irwins. Have they changed really, or, well, now that the Irwins, with the Marples, have they really changed that much? Um, one uh, one other one other than the Narex, which I, I've heard a few good things about that one, but I haven't had a chance to ever use any of them or, mm-hmm. or talk to anybody else about them. Um, I've used the uh, the Lee Valley brand before, and it's the the yellow handled ones, a plastic handled uh, chisel. Okay. Um, I, I actually like them; they hold a really great edge. But again, they're more expensive than you would have paid for those marbles. So mm. I'm almost of the of the opinion now that. Um, it'd be great to have a full set of chisels, but maybe with you know having to pay a little extra for um, something that you you know for a fact is going to work, picking up just you know one or two at a time yeah. and going from there. I mean, I I almost think that's the best thing to do versus getting something that you're just really not sure if it's going to you know perform the way that you expect it to perform. Sure. Yeah, I actually, for my good set, my Japanese chisel set, in fact, just this week, I ordered three new ones because I was doing the um, the ebony plugs on the green and green fa- uh, frame. And some of the plugs are really, really tiny. And you've got to chisel out that little hollow, uh, you know, square mini tiny mortise. And if, you know, this is less than a quarter inch, and my smallest one was, you know, roughly a, a quarter inch wide. So I had to go and, uh, you know, pay like, I mean, the ones that I have are pretty darn expensive. They're like 50 bucks a piece. Um, so I had to go and, and buy two or three of the smaller range, but that really completed my set at that point. And this mm-hmm. set has been like three years in the making, you know? So, right. so I think I like that idea of getting uh, a really cheap set, get a marbles set, you know, for 40 bucks that will cover 90% of your needs. And then as you have money and, and, you know, you can sort of stock up on your dream set one, literally one chisel at a time, if you have to, um, you know, and then you keep the. Uh, other chisels around as your quote unquote knock around set, which if you're married and you're male and your wife hears you say that she'll assume that means that those are for opening paint cans, um, which as we know, <laughs> just going to say <laughs> they're not. Uh, but if you ask Nicole, that's what I meant by knock around. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> we just had a similar experience in the Vanderlis household. What are you doing? <laughs> Now, you know, hey, interestingly enough, I'm looking on Amazon. There's actually some decent reviews. There's one one star review and it's the guy looks like he's got a um, a chip on his shoulder about the whole England versus China steel. So it, okay. it, it doesn't seem like he's really criticizing the product specifically. The rest of them are two four star reviews, two five star reviews. Someone saying, you know, same old blue chips because they're the uh, the the ones that they used to be referred to. Marple's blue chip was what they were called. And right. they actually are getting decent reviews. And now we're talking 63 bucks for a six-piece set. That's not bad. That, I think that would be worth the possibility of picking up and finding out. And like you said, why not get a, a decent set like that or a, a starter set like that and then you know, moving towards that, that more premium one because yeah. I think that's the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, if, you, if you look in the back up behind me when I'm doing this show, you'll notice two sets of chisels up there. One's the marbles. And then the other one is these red-handled ones that are from Footprint. Um, and the Footprint ones, those are my knock-around ones. Those are the, when I'm reaching for it and then suddenly think, mm, 
not this one. <laughs> yeah. Grab this baby right here. Right. Um, and, and I'll use those. And that's, you know, I, I think that's a great way to go. That really is. It's, it, it saves you down the road, you yep. know. Absolutely. And this Sweet. way you've got a full set to work with and you got nothing to complain about. So. Right. Okay, moving on. And if anybody else has suggestions, um, we can't really keep track of the chat room right now. But if you got a good deal on some decent chisels and you know that they happen to be really good steel, uh, leave the link um, in the show notes or blah, blah, blah. That's my line. Leave the link in the comments section when uh, Matt and I post this on our sites. And that way other people can see it and maybe Bo can get some more ideas. Right. There you go. Okie doke. Chuck in Wisconsin wants to know about skew versus rabbit block planes. Oh, cool. Hey, Mark and Matt. This is Chuck from Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, I just called and left a message, decided I didn't like the question, so I'm going to rephrase it here. All right, I'm looking at a Lee Nielsen number 140 skew block plane and a Lee Nielsen number 60 and a half uh, rabbiting block plane. Um, I'm wondering what's the difference between the two? Um, would one be better than the other? Um, will one function as both? Um, you know, just the, the main difference. They both look like they provide a similar function. Just curious. Uh, I'm looking for one that would possibly do both things, um, general planning and uh, doing rabbits and whatnot, trimming up shoulders and tendons and all that kind of stuff. Um, just curious about that. Um, I'm really, I got my first hand plane here for Christmas and looking to uh, maybe get one or two more and uh, just thinking about these. So any insight on the topic would be great. I appreciate it. Love the show. Thanks. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out my opinion on this before I let you spank it around a little bit. And <laughs> Oh, great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call you the hand plane expert, uh, which I know you're going to appreciate. I do appreciate that. I'm blushing as we're, as as I'm waiting for you to get to me. <laughs> okay. All right. So here, here's my opinion from my limited perspective. Um, I think if he's going only going to pick one, I think he should probably go with the rabbit block plane as opposed to the skew. And here's my thought process. The skew, okay. and this is actually, um, this is not something that's, you know, that I thought of. I'm, I'm reading this right off the website. <laughs> yeah. Basically the bottom line is because it's skewed, you are running it. It has a directionality to it. And there are times when you're going to be against the grain in a rabbit where you might need the other direction. And that's why they make two of them. There's a left-handed version. So much like a regular skew plane, you kind of need both to cover all possible scenarios. At least if he has something like the rabbiting block plane, it's straight and you can go in either direction. It's going to be comparable. Um, I think the rabbiting block plane, number one is cheaper and number two, in this case is going to be a little bit more versatile if he's just looking for that one tool. Right. And my answer is I, I totally agree with you. That was pretty much where I was going to go with this also. Now, the, the, really the only difference, of course, between the two of them is pretty much like you pointed out that the, uh, um, the, the skew rabbit plane or the skew block plane, the, the blade is skewed, which is nice when you're working uh, with, with end grains and when you're also maybe working with highly figured grains or something like that. But you're right. It's if, if you have the right-handed one and you're running into a situation where you need to go left or something like that, it could really kind of mess you up. So what I, what's, oh, the, yeah. what's the reason for the price discrepancy? I mean, one is 165 and the other is 225. Is it because it, it's it, all it, like that, that, you know, bronzy, brassy looking crap? A little bit. Uh, they said that the, the, the skew one is much heavier than the rabbit one. 
But the skewin also comes with the uh, defense, if I remember right, because you can use it very much like uh, the rabbit planes, like a dedicated rabbit plane. It has a little fence that you can attach to it so that you can uh, use it in that method. But I, I think that the, yeah, the, the material itself has quite a bit to do with it. I, know, I remember they said in there, um, and then also from going to some of the, the Lee Nielsen uh, shows, it, is, it, it, it feels like it's like 10 times heavier. Oh, than really? The, uh, okay. Yeah. And so, but when it, yeah, that, that's, I think that's the main reason right there is the material and then that little accessory that you can add on to it's it. It's got more right. meat. Exactly. But the thing is that both of them have, uh, they, they both come with uh, the little knicker blades so that you can use it cross grain, which is, I think, a really neat factor with both of them. But if he's, he mentioned in, in, in his, uh, his call, talking about like using it for like cleaning up like tenons yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe wraps or something like that. In that situation, that really, I think the, the, the rabbit block plane is probably your best one. I think it's going to be a little bit more solid. You've got the left and right side are open, so right. dual versatility right there. Um, the price isn't too bad on it either mm-hmm. versus the, uh, the skew one. Sure. And the only, the only other place that I could see where the skew rabbit plane might really, really help out is if you have a tendency to maybe make uh, raised panels with uh, your your block with your your hand planes, okay. That might be the only other place where I could see like the skew might really help you out. And again, that really has everything to do with the fact that it has the fence because uh, since you can get the rabbit plane with just the um, with 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 that knicker on it, it makes it so much easier when you're cutting cross grain. So sure, the only difference really is that that number one, the blade is skewed, and the fact that you can attach the fence. Other than that, I think. Um, it, probably using it mostly as a block plane, and we all know that a block plane is a very versatile tool that everybody should have. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it, again, it's just it's perfect for it. Um, of course, I also like that just having just a regular block plane too. But mm-hmm. the rabbit plane looks really cool. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, let me ask you this: If you yeah. drop one of these and you happen to um, you know bend that little part, can you say that you got your knicker in a twist? Oh, ye, oh yeah. man. I just yeah. said that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna leave that one on the table. <laughs> okay. Let's uh let let's uh have Johnny No Name save us from my terrible, terrible jokes. Hello, gentlemen, and happy new year. This is Johnny No Name again. My question this time is about sandpaper. Uh is there any risk of using the same grit sandpaper made from different manufacturers that there's a, that there's a difference in the actual grit level or is any difference uh, from manufacturer to manufacturer going to be nominal and I sh- shouldn't even be concerned about it. Thanks. Uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Okie dokie. So sandpaper can be actually pretty confusing if you're, you know, if you really start to dig into it, a lot of times, a lot of, I don't know, with me, when I first got into woodworking, I didn't really think too much. I looked at the numbers and said, okay, this looks good. Or I bought something that was labeled fine or coarse or medium and went based on that. But then you get into the next level and all of a sudden it's a lot more confusing, you know, because there's, there's different naming conventions, there's different systems for the grades. Uh, and now he's asking the question of just within, you know, from brand to brand, is there a reason to be concerned that maybe 220 in Norton is not uh, you know, 220 and I don't know, Klingspor or something. Right. Um, so, I mean, really quickly, I would say they, they should be comparable. They should be the same. These, these are, are pretty much designated based on the, um, the size of the particles themselves. What you right. have to be careful for 
it, to an extent is which designation they use, which uh, naming designation, because there's the ones that have the P in front uh-huh. of them. And then there's the, the Cami grit designation, C-A-M-I. Now, basically they vary a little bit, but the, the interesting thing is in the ranges that we use the most, uh, you know, in your 150, 220, 320, they're actually pretty much the same for the most part, whether it's P or the, the, the cami system. So, right. you know, so it's something that even then you don't really have to worry about it too much. It seems like if you go higher and you go lower, that's when the differences between those two systems really start to show themselves. So I think the short answer to the, to the question is they really should be consistent for the most part from one to another, but you got to be careful because even when you change brand, sometimes they may call it something different. You know, like Festool has these really wacky names. They don't just call it the same thing everyone else does. They come up with names like Platine and Rubin <laughs> uh, and Cristal, you know, and things that, that make no sense. But if you actually look a little bit deeper, you'll find that there are certain bonding elements that are used to make the paper. The grit itself is a certain material. So that mm-hmm. you need to make sure, regardless of the brand, even within the same brand, a 220 grit, you know, that's intended to sand finish or a 320 grit that's intended for finish um, is not going to necessarily be the same thing that's intended to sand raw wood. So, right. you know, so but yes, if you're looking at the same material in different brands, they should act pretty much the same. Right. Yeah, that's my understanding, too, is when it comes down to it, uh, sandpaper is one of those things that's very, very standardized or they claim it's very, very standardized. So um, if if uh, gr- company A says it's 220, company B has to be right up in the same exact area. That P threw me off for so long. You have no idea how many times I would get that and think that I was working with one. And it turns out it was nowhere in the in the same range. So definitely be careful with that. The one place that I seem to always have trouble with and I've mentioned before this great little t- traveling tool show that would show up periodically in the ski and they set up a big tent down at the uh, bowling alley in the over here. Mm-hmm. And you could buy a thousand sheets of sandpaper for like a buck. Wow. And then you would take it home and you're like, oh, man, I got so much sanding I can do with this. And one sheet would last you a whole two seconds. <laughs> and all the grit would just fly right off. So if anything... Grit is probably standardized, but it's that glue, the adhesive that holds it to the paper that is probably nowhere near standardized. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, dude, spit on this long enough for it to get, you know, the person to get it home and, yeah. and go from there. So I think that's where the, the big concern mm-hmm. is, you know, the adhesive that's holding the grit in place because I have yeah. had ones that just, I, you know, you're, you're lucky if it's it's only the paper that's behind it. You go down to flesh sometimes on a couple of these cheapos that I've bought. And so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then even the uh, the paper backing in terms of the thickness, the type of material, how flexible it is. Like any <laughs> any really really stiff paper, like the real cheap stuff, uh, yep. like just a cheap two twenty you know uh, material that you might get at Home Depot or something. Like the cheapest stuff they have, you bend it in half and you see like the white of the paper where the, yes. the grit has separated. That's yep. not very helpful because 90% of the time I've got to fold a piece in half to give myself a nice corner, um, you know, area that I could sand. And I need that little, you know, sharp edge. I need that to have grit on it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, you get some sort of, co- you know, compound profile and you want to get that paper in there to kind of work yeah. out a little bit. You're like trying to shove it in there and finally you're like, you know what, I'm just going to make that profile nice and flat. It's yeah. a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, and I will say that sandpaper is one of those areas that I really do think it's worth spending a little bit of extra money. Doesn't seem like it because it's a display disposable material, but when it lasts literally three or four times as long as the cheap stuff, um, you know, now all of a sudden it seems to make a little bit more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Live and learn. You know what? I don't remember. Beginning woodworker, 
God, I only wish I could get some of that money back. Yeah, you know, there's so many things, so many things that I wasted money on or wasted time on. And if just if I knew and had some information about it, I would have been able to to avoid those things. But that is how we learn, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what they say. Okay, I'll have some links. Yeah, they do. I'll have some links in the the show notes about sandpaper, some sandpaper 101 links. You know, just general information and a nice handy chart. Uh, that will show you where those P grades and the and the regular uh, Cami grades where they fall in line with each other, and you could see what I'm talking about where they don't, excuse me, they don't really differ that much in the range right. that most woodworkers use. Right. Yeah. There's just those little overlap areas where you're like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. Huh? Okay. So let's uh, move on to what do we got here? We got a Tom's tip. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And uh, and we have a Carrie's tip too, which is really really cool. <laughs> I hope I did. You know what? I didn't double check these when I when I create these. Sometimes I I normally like to double check and make sure the the you know file came out okay. And I didn't I didn't check this one at all. Okay, um, well just make sure that it's actually Tom and not Carrie when you start playing Tom's yeah. tips. Because <laughs> He'll get you very don't want upset. to lose them. <laughs> all right, here we go. Tom's tip and my lovely voice. Tom's tips. That's right. I said Tom's tips. I didn't say Tom's lips. I said Tom's Tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iovino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's Tips. Ouch! Now you've done it. You've got a splinter while checking out the cut on that board. How are you going to get it out? Dive in with a pair of tweezers? Just wait and have it annoy you for days? Here's an easy way to get them out. It works for me. Spread a small amount of yellow wood glue over the splinter and let it dry a few minutes. Once it skins over... Rub it off your finger, and a splinter will come right out. Now, get back to work and stop complaining about splinters. If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit the Wood Whisperer community at community.thewoodwhisperer.com. Hmm, what do you, have you ever tried that? I can't say that it ever even crossed my mind to do something like that because if I had something on my thumb for a long period of time, I mean, other than the splinter, like, Anything kind of a layer, I would really like a dog. I'd have to put a collar around my thumb. You have to put one of those big uh, those cones on your head. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's something over there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's um. We'll see. I'll have to wait till my next splinter and try it. What I mean, sometimes the splinter is below the skin, and that's that's right. when you really really have an issue. Um, right. Yeah. Oh. And then that's when you got to take the little. And then you're like, should I take the pin? Wait. <laughs> I'm afraid of needles and pins. Why yeah. am I doing this near me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to Carrie's tip. And, you know, she doesn't mention the name of her website, so we should. It's right. uh, villagecarpenter.blogspot.com. And Carrie has a wonderful tip for us concerning waterstone holders. Oh, good. You can purchase waterstone holders. You can make fancy wooden ones which secure your stones with wedges. And you can suspend your stones over a tub of water on a wooden or plastic bridge. Or you can use a setup like mine, which consists of a shallow baking pan, heaven knows it wasn't seen any use in our kitchen, and an old beat-up router mat laid on the surface. Fancy? No. Attractive? No way. Functional? Oh yeah. Just clamp the baking pan to your bench and start sharpening. The stone will not move at all. Sharpening is messy business, so I didn't want to build a pretty holder only to have it gunked up with the slurry created with water and stone particles. The odd thing is, with all the water spritzing I've done over the years, I've never had to pour any water out of the baking pan. Not sure where it goes. 
Could be I have broccoli growing under the router mat, but I'm not about to check. <laughs> nice. That's a great idea, actually. You know, it's funny how some things in the kitchen make their way into my shop. <laughs> you know, the kitchen is really the best place to go when you need stuff, you know, things for the shop. Like, did you see that mixing video that I put up? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Suddenly I started to look to see uh, if there were any deaths in the uh <laughs> Checking <Arizona>. the obituaries. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes stuff in the kitchen just really, really makes a lot of sense in the shop. So that's a that's a great tip. Thank you, Carrie, for that. Absolutely. You know, we have to take a trip and, uh, you know, go visit Carrie sometime. We could sit on her porch and, and whittle wood and... Uh, it, it yell at the neighborhood kids. <laughs> yeah, and just and write, write really corny jokes together and uh, it would be a good time. I, I think it would be fantastic, Colin. <laughs> When I, uh, I met her in, in, in Kentucky for the first woodworking in America, that was just like one of those things. It's just like, we could definitely just make, you know, everybody insane with the old people jokes. Like, we have to do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that is about all we've got here. Is I do. Um, look at the list. And yeah, I think you, wow, we actually made it through the first one of 2010 with, not too many major problems. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, you know what? We had a major hang up in the beginning and we're still 50 minutes and that's uh, that's a pretty short show, but uh, that's what we got, kids. Yep. Sorry. Well, you know, next time we'll have a bit more. We, got, we have some uh, some great uh, uh, listener voice. See, here's where the, the issues are going to start coming in now at the end because I don't want to leave, but I guess we probably should. So. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll have the adult swim for a few minutes afterwards if you want to stick around, um, but let's uh, let's close it out. That sounds right. Okay, so if you heard something today, you know what, you can get a hold of us if you have a question, a comment, a suggestion. Of course, there's many things that you could suggest to us. Uh, you can do it either by dropping us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone and you can leave us a message on our voicemail at 623-242-2450. Either way, we really appreciate hearing from you, and hopefully um, yeah, everybody else does too. I don't know. I can speak for everybody in the audience. <laughs> can be. Uh, yeah, all right. So, have well, Happy New Year, everybody, by the way. Welcome to 2010. And, That's right. Uh, yeah, have a have, uh, safe and happy and productive and creative woodworking in the new year. Right, absolutely. This is going to be a great year. I can feel it in my bones. Ooh, I can feel it too. All right. Well, everybody, toodaloo, and we'll catch you later. See you, everybody. Hey, it's another tip from the shot longer. You have 15 or $20 burning a hole in your pocket? Go down to that local wood store, Woodcraft, or wherever you get your hardwoods from. Pick up three, maybe four little pieces of some odd wood that you've never heard of. Bring it home. Try to put it into a project. This way, you increase your skills by working with different types of wood. There's another quick tip brought to you by the Shotmonger. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.